Lord. You must say praise the Lord. I am excited about being in the house of the Lord on this, what is this, Wednesday? On this Wednesday morning. Amen. I, I don't claim to be a, a Bible teacher, but I'm just going to try to obey the Holy Ghost this morning. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I feel like we're sitting on a powder keg. I said, I feel like we're sitting on a powder keg this morning. Amen. And if somehow God can use an old country boy to ignite the fuse, we're going to burn. <laughs> we're going to explode around this place on Wednesday morning. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Kelly, for allowing me the privilege to be here. You folks forgive me for bypassing all the accolades last night. I was just trying to follow the Holy Ghost. But I'll take a few moments here to, to put out a few of them and to try to be proper and in order. And then we're just going to let our hair down. Amen. Thank you, Brother Kelly. Uh, we preached here Sunday night and really enjoyed the move of the Holy Ghost. And... Uh, I've grown to love and appreciate these fine people. Their hospitality, oh, it's been just so wonderful. They've opened up their home to me, and uh, I've just made myself at home. I got on top of that big hill out there this morning and uh, in the early morning hours and uh, got my coffee and my Bible and my concordance and went out on the porch and sat down and just, just took it all in. <laughs> it was so wonderful. It really, I mean, uh, uh, they're not going to heaven for the beauty. <laughs> no, uh-uh, they're going for no more sorrow, no more pain, <laughs> all of that stuff, no more bill collectors. And <laughs> but they've got the beauty right here in Idaho as far as the, the outward beauty of the scenery. But I appreciate them opening up their home and this meeting to me. And it's so good to be with my good friend, Brother Pickle Seimer, who... It's been a tremendous encouragement to me and a strength. And uh, he and his wife and you great folks from Twin Falls that have blessed me so many times by allowing me to minister in that great church. It's so good to be with my good friend, Brother Booker, who has blessed me over and over again with his ministry. Uh, he don't know the times I put his tape in the cassette. Uh, in the cassette player going down the road and and uh, one time he was preaching a message and uh, and it just got to me so I just had to pull the car over and just weep before the Lord and thank God for what he has done for me and uh, uh, brother Phillips I, I knew brother and sister Phillips when they were in Mississippi I'll tell you I'll tell you something about them you might not know because uh, we pastored not too far from one another. This man used to pastor a tremendous church. I'm telling you, he used to pastor a tremendous church. He might be evangelizing now, but I'm going to tell you one, one thing. He was a pastor. He had one of the best churches in the state of Mississippi, bar none, as far as worship, as far as holiness, as far as revival, as far as growth. Hey, they were having it. Amen. Tremendous man of God and his wife. And 
Oh, I could just go on and on. I know I'm going to miss so many people. When you go to calling names, you get in trouble. And uh, you just forgive me. But I, I just want to obey the Holy Ghost. Amen. I just want to obey the Holy Ghost. And I feel like that we've still got enough time left this morning to do it. I'm not normally a long-winded preacher, but I might catch a second wind today. <laughs> uh, I always heard that, that daytime uh, preachers, you know, uh, you know they're, I don't know if they're supposed to be evangelistic or not, but sometimes they can get long-winded. But uh, my main thing is that I obey God, regardless of how long it takes. And I'll just tell you this, if you're here today and you don't have the Holy Ghost, you've come to the right place. I said, you have come to the right place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, Buona Asafiwe. Let's praise the Lord in Kiswahili. I believe we can all say it. Buona Asafiwe. And when you really want to get with the program, the Tanzanians say, Buona Asafiwe Sana, which means praise the Lord very much. I believe you can say that this morning in Kamiya. Buona Asafiwe Sana. Oh, no, 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 no. Come on, everybody. Buona asafiwe sana. That's a lot better. Hallelujah. Nina Parai, kua hapaleo ya asabui. I'm very happy to be with you this morning. Hallelujah. Yesu ni jibu. Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. Nina Penda, Yesu sana. I love Jesus very much. Nina Penda, wawote. I love all of you. Praise the Lord. And Nina jua mungu atasadia mimi leo asabui. Kwasababo nini hitaje yeye kusadia mimi. And I said that I know that my God is going to help me this morning, even because I need him to help me. Praise the Lord. Now, if you brought the word of the Lord, we want to get our Bibles out. And we want to turn in our Bibles to the book of Isaiah, the 44th chapter, and Ezekiel, the 47th chapter. Isaiah and also Ezekiel. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Isaiah, the 44th chapter. Isaiah 44, and we're going to begin reading with verse 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And who, as I shall call, and shall declare it, and set it in order for me? since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God I know not any. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. 
Verse 17. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. To whom will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare him? Verse 25. To whom then will ye liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them by all names by the greatness of his power, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47 and verse 1. Afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east. And the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward. And led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. And he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. Through the waters were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he saith unto me, Son of man, Hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed." And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live whither the river cometh. And everything shall live whither the river cometh. For the next little while, I want to preach the sovereign God. The sovereign God. Hmm. Hmm. There's something in this. The sovereign God. God, Brother Picklesimer, would you pray and ask God's anointing upon the remainder of this service?
Lord, we appreciate everything that we've felt, everything that we've heard. God, we appreciate you today. I pray that you would cause your minister to be a flame of fire today, O oh God, as your word instructs us. Lord, I pray that you would bless Brother Wheeler. I pray that you would give us ears to hear. Let there be no famine here for the word of God, but let us hear. Jesus, you know what is needful here, and that your word would not return void, but would accomplish that whereunto you have sent it. We thank you, we praise you, and has been mentioned here. We want to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Bless your servant again, and bless your people, we pray. In Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Turn around and look at somebody and say that preacher's going to preach to you today. Turn around and look at somebody else and say he's going to preach to you too. Praise God. Now somebody say preach it, preacher. Somebody say preach it, preacher. And you may be seated. Sovereign. What does sovereign mean? Sovereign means above all others. Uh, chief, supreme, supreme in power and rank. Uh, holding the position of a ruler. Reigning independent of all others. Uh, excellent, very effectual as a remedy. I said very effectual as a remedy. Some of you have come to this meeting. You came in here dragging your heels. You came in here distraught. You came here discouraged. You came to this place down and out. But somewhere deep down in the recesses of your soul, there was a desire that said, God, I've got to have something from you. I've got to have a word from you. I've got to have a touch from you. I've got to receive something from you before this meeting is over. Let me encourage you on this Wednesday morning. My God knows where you are. He knows your struggle. He knows your heartache. He knows your frustration. He knows your aggravation. He knows your pain. He knows the confusion that you've been battling. And let me tell you something. My God is sovereign and he can come down any time he gets ready to. And he can touch you. He can speak to you. He can deliver you. He can encourage you. He can strengthen you. He can lift you up. And who can stop him? I said who can stop him? He's sovereign. Nobody can stop him. Nobody can hold him back. Nobody can reframe him. Nobody can shut him out. Nobody can box him in because he's sovereign. I remember when I was in the world. I don't like to talk a lot about my past because it's been put under the blood and it's a good place to leave it. But for the sake of this message, God gave me this thought. And it's something that throughout my living in the world and from the time even I came to God, I had never confessed it to anybody. But when I was in the world, I used to run with some pretty bad people. I'm talking about some real bad people. People that 
usually you don't hold in everyday conversation. And I always try to operate with fear in people's minds and hearts. I wanted them to think uh, you mess with Wheeler and you're going to wind up dead or you're going to wind up crippled uh, or you're going to wind up messed up. I wanted them uh, to fear me. That's the way I felt. I wanted the tough guy image. But really deep down in my heart, I had some secret fears myself. Things that I would never disclose to anybody. I'll show you what I'm talking about. I remember when I was on a job one day. I had always been the tough guy on the job. If anybody wanted to mess with me, we could go out to the parking lot and we could go from there. And usually 99.9% of the time, I would walk away. But there came a guy on the job. He was a big guy. He was a lot stronger than me. He was taller than me. He was more agile than me. He was more skilled in fighting than me. And this guy thought, hey, I'm going to put Wheeler in his place right in the shop on the job. And uh, we used to go back and forth, but we never would get into it. And this went on for about a week. And after about a week... I had told him, I said, now let me tell you something, Chuck. If you ever mess with me again, I'm going to break you up. And that's all I'm going to tell you. I don't make idle threats. And he caught me a little bit later that day. It was during the winter time, And, and we had a, a, a heating system in that fabrication shop. And, and I, I was fixing the heater. And uh, there was a union that had gone out. And that the water that went through the heater, it couldn't let the steam and the water go through. And, and so I was fixing it. And, and I was just about finished. The pipes were still cold because I was tightening it up. I was standing on the foreman's stool, which was one of these stools that'll spin. And he saw his chance. And he came up there in front of all the men in the shop and he grabbed the stool and was going to spin me off. He loved to joke and clown around. And he came up and grabbed that stool. I thought, now's my chance. I'm going to show him I'm not playing. And I reached up and I grabbed the pipe so he couldn't throw me off. And I pulled my right leg back with those steel toe boots and I kicked him as hard as I could in the mouth. I gave it everything I had, my best shot. And that big old fellow just backed up a little bit and shook his head and looked at me and said, Were you serious? Or were you joking? And I knew I was in trouble. And I looked at him. And for the first time in my life, I looked at somebody and I said, I think I was just joking. I knew that I was no match for him. If I couldn't put him out with my foot, there was no way I was going to put him out with my hand. And from then on, we became good friends. He just shook it off. Came, put his arm around me and said, boy, I like you. He said, I've never had nobody do that to me. And uh, we became real close friends. And everywhere I would go, if I had something that was dangerous, I'd take him with me. 
And he always in front of the crowd, in front of the people, because of my position and what I was doing, uh, he would show respect to me. But in my heart, there was always a secret fear. If we were going to whoop up on somebody, I was glad that I had him on my side. Because deep down in my heart, I knew I could not handle him. Deep down in my heart, I would push him in front of people, but in my heart, I would think, now, don't push him too far. Whatever you do, Wheeler, don't make this old boy mad. He'll break you in pieces. All of your bones will be splintered. There won't be much left for the doctors to work on when he's through with you because this fella is bad. He was. And so we went through life that way with me, with my secret fears, walking around this guy every day. And I said all of that to say this. I was... No match for him. And I knew I was no match for him. We were not even in the same class. We were not even in the same ballpark. He was trained to hurt people. He was trained to be powerful. He was skilled at what he was doing, and I was no match for him. We weren't even in the same ballpark. And let me tell you something. That's the way it is with God and the devil. I hear apostolics all the time trying to put God and the devil as opposites. They're trying to put them in the same ballpark, but on opposite ends of the spectrum. You hear this preacher this morning, the devil has secret fears. The devil knows that he's no match for God. Every time the devil thinks about God, he remembers how that God didn't even have to lift a hand. He just spoke to one of the archangels and said, get him out of here. I don't want to look at him. And just like lightning flashes across the eastern sky, Shuma, he was cast out of heaven and is on his way to a lake of fire. What are you saying, Brother Wheeler? I'm saying the devil likes to put fear in people's heart. The devil likes to operate on fear. He'll tell you he's going to do this to you and he's going to do that to you and that God can't help you. But you hear me? The devil knows he better not push God too far because if he ever makes God mad, what would God be like if he ever got out of control? I said, what would God be like if the devil ever made him so mad he got out of control? That he went looking for the devil. See, the devil knows he's no match for God. He might portray a front to you. He might put on an image to you. He might try to stand tall in front of you. But God said when this thing all wraps up and everything is finished, He said you're going to take one look upon the devil and you're going to say, Is this the one? Is this the one who tormented me? Is this the one that caused kingdoms to rot and deteriorate? Is this the one that everybody fears so? Nobody's going to be able to believe this was the one. My God. Some of you have been letting the devil get your victory. 
Some of you have been yielding to the other voice. Some of you have been living in fear and doubt and torment. The two things the devil operates on the most is fear and doubt. Fear and doubt. He'll try to put fear in your heart and cause you to doubt God. But you hear this preacher, something on the inside of you ought to rise up and say, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Hey, my God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power which worketh within us is according to the Holy Ghost power you got on the inside of you you've got enough power you just need to stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost to whom shall you compare him equal with I know not any I know not any I know not any somebody say praise the Lord praise the Lord are you going to preach with me this morning? My Lord, the Bible says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. To whom shall you compare him with and make him equal unto? Let me tell you something. They've got this little sweetener out called equal. But it's a counterfeit. It's not the real thing. If you don't think it's a counterfeit, you just take and open up one of those little packs and lick your finger and stick it down in there and then put it back on your tongue. It's really not like sugar. It's just a substitute. It's not the real thing. If that's the way the devil operates, uh, he tries to substitute things uh, for God. He tries to substitute things uh, in your life. Uh, he tries to make you to like something uh, that's counterfeit, uh, that's not really real. Uh, but if you'll ever wake up uh, and realize uh, there's nothing uh, that can do me like Jesus. Uh, there's nothing uh, that can help me like God. Uh, there's nothing uh, that can strengthen me like the Holy Ghost. Uh, there's nothing uh, that can put faith in my heart uh, like the Word of God. Uh, there's nothing uh, because my God is all in all. People say, but I came here with a great need, preacher. Oh, really? Is your need any bigger than my God? Is your need any bigger than your God? See, people say, but I want revival in my church. I want revival in my home. I want revival around the house. I want revival in the neighborhood. You hear me? He doesn't have to wait for Metro Code to issue a permit to start his building program. He said, for upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven some of you need to rise to the occasion and realize that God is going to build a church God is going to have a church God is going to have revival in your community all you need to do is realize the authority that he has given you if God's given you the authority and God said he's going to build a church who can stop him who can stop him? Who can stop him? Who can tell him you can't do this or you can't do that? In Hebrews 11, the Bible said he simply spoke the worlds into existence. Hebrews 6 said he counseled with his own will. He asked Job in 38, he said, Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Hey, Job, can you tell me where you were? What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying God decided to do something and nobody could stop him. He didn't have to 
to ask anybody, is it all right? He didn't have to ask anybody, could he do it? What do you mean? I'm saying if God gets ready to, he can come into this service and he can touch you right in the middle of the preaching. He can heal you right in the middle of the preaching. He can fill you with the Holy Ghost right in the middle of the preaching. And who can stop him? I said, who can stop him? I said, who can stop him? I know not any. I know not any. For he is God, and there is none other. What am I saying? I'm saying some of you need to let God be God. I said some of you during this camp meeting need to let God be God. If you'll do that, you'll leave this place different than when you came. You'll leave here with a step in your walk. You'll leave here with a song in your heart. You'll leave here with a praise on your lips. You'll leave here with a fervor in your spirit. You'll leave here with something worth shouting about. Why? Because you let God be God. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. He can move anytime he gets ready to. What do you mean, Brother Wheeler? I remember when I was up in New Jersey and we were holding services in a Methodist church. The apostolics had sold their building and they loaned us. The Methodist people had loaned that church their building so they could have afternoon services at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I know what happened. They heard a missionary was coming by and they thought, well, when we finish our service this morning, we'll go home at 12, get a bite to eat, and we're going to come back and hear what the missionary from Africa's got to say. I'll tell you what, the old devil probably thought, I got that missionary now I've got that evangelist now he's not going to be able to operate or move in the Holy Ghost in that Methodist church but you hear this preacher I looked out there there were about 145 or 50 apostolics and all the gaps in that big old fan-shaped building were filled in with those precious Methodist people and about 10 minutes into the preaching I was preaching about a new and a living way and about 10 minutes into it the Holy Ghost took over that service and a couple of Methodist people jumped up on this side and began to pray and repent and cry and call out to God and God filled them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost during the preaching. I looked over on this side. Another one jumped up and God filled that one with the Holy Ghost. Another one jumped up and God filled that one with the Holy Ghost. One run down to the altar and when he got by the front pew here, he fell out on the floor talking in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Another one came down the front praying and crying, fell out on the floor talking in tongues. Another one jumped up and got it and before you know it, eight people have been filled with the Holy Ghost in a Methodist church building. What are you saying, Brother Wheeler? I'm saying if God can do that, a bunch of, bunch of Methodist people, God bless their hearts. If God can go up into a place like that and move, who can stop him in an apostolic church? 
I said, who can stop him in an apostolic church? It's time for the apostolics in Idaho to wake up and realize God is going to move and nobody can stop him. What are you saying, Brother Wheeler? I'm saying and just in just in case some of you say, well, he shouldn't have been there at that Methodist church. Let me tell you something. We don't have a monopoly on him. I said, we don't have a monopoly on him. He's going to go out of here. He's going to go out of here. He's going to go out into the streets. He's going to go out into the highways. He's going to go out into the byways. He's going to go out into the apartment complexes. He's going to go out into the subdivisions. He's going to go into the houses of the, of the drug heads. He's going to go into the homes of those that are alcoholics. He's going to reach down and pull them out of the bar rooms and the houses of ill repute. Why? Because our God is sovereign and nobody can stop him from having revival. You hear this preacher and I feel it in the Holy Ghost. You need to quit worrying and mully grubbing and griping and complaining and talking about all those that don't believe like we believe. The purpose of the devil is to get us so caught up and sidetrack us in all of the negative that's going on among our ranks that we forget the purpose of God in the church. Most of those people that's been in this for 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 years, even 10, 15 years, and have turned from it, hey, let me tell you something, you're not going to move them. And it's not going to help you or me to talk about it. We can get so caught up in all of the negative that we forget that God said in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions and upon my servants and my handmaidens will I pour out of my spirit in those days what am I saying hey we need to leave all that bickering outside we need to put it behind us and let us go on and let God use us to bring the lost to him I could stand up here today and I could tell you of all the battles that I've gone through, all the opposition I have faced because of people that did not believe the truth, people that did not believe the whole message. But you hear me. I made up my mind on a seven-day prayer and fast meeting when fast when God spoke to me and told me, God said, you leave them alone. And you do what I called you to do. I don't have time to be caught up in fighting people who know what to do but are not doing it. You hear me, church? If you're tired of your church not growing like you think it should, why don't you do something about it? 
I said, if you're tired of not seeing sinners uh, in your altars, uh, it's time for you uh, to get out uh, and witness uh, and teach Bible studies uh, and pray uh, and fast uh, and bring them uh, to the house uh, of God. I promise you one thing, if you'll do your part, God is obligated to do His part. I said God is obligated to do His part. All God's looking for in Idaho is for somebody to let Him be God. See, if the devil can't get you one way, he'll try to get you another He'll try to sidetrack you. He'll try to sidetrack you. But you hear me? My God is going to move in the hospitals. My God's going to move on the jobs. My God's going to pull them out of the morgues in this end time generation. Oh, yeah. He still raises the dead. He still heals the sick. He still opens up the blinded eyes. He still puts together the broken heart. Why? Because he's God. He's God. Brother, read for me in John 3, verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and hearest the sound thereof. But you don't know where it came from, and you don't know where it's going to next. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. Now, what did he say? He's comparing the wind to the Spirit of Almighty God. He said the wind blows where it wants to. You can hear the sound of it. You don't know where it came from. And you don't know where it's going to next. In other words, the wind is like the Spirit. What are you saying, Brother Wheeler? I'm saying you can't stop the wind from blowing. You can go outside this building and you can put your big old sign up and say no wind allowed here. But you hear me? When that wind gets to blowing up in these Idaho mountains, it'll just blow right on around your sign. What are you saying? I'm saying you can put a sign up saying no Holy Ghost in here. But it wasn't going to do you any good to put a sign up. When God gets ready to blow through this place, He'll blow through this place. When He gets ready to anoint this place, He'll anoint this place. When He gets ready to move, He's going to move. He'll go right on by your sign. Oh, hallelujah. That's why you can have people sitting in the same service. And some people be shouting. Some people be shaking. Some people be quivering. Some people be falling out and rolling on the floor. And others just sitting there on a rock, just sitting on a stone. Throwing him. What's wrong with her? Look at her. She looks silly. What are they doing that for? I don't feel anything. What's going on? Ain't nothing happening to me. You know what's wrong? You got your sign up. No! Holy Ghost! Moving here. But God said, all right. 
You don't want me to move on you. You can put your sign up if you want to. I'll just blow right on by you. I'll just go right on by you and I'll touch your neighbor. I'll touch your brother. I'll touch your sister. I'll touch your mama. I'll touch your daddy. I'll touch your children. I'll touch your pastor. I'll touch somebody. I've got to move. When God gets ready to move, He's going to move. My Lord, you can say no tongue talking around here, but all of a sudden, somebody bursts forth. You can say no glory aloud around here, but all of a sudden, that haze, my Lord, all of a sudden, that haze flows through the building. You can't stop him. You can't stop him. You can't stop him. You can't stop him. I said, you can't stop him. If you can't stop him, then why don't you let him be God? Some of you are sitting there right now and saying, hey, preacher, don't you know this is the morning Bible study? Don't you know this is a teaching session? Don't you know it's supposed to happen tonight in the evangelistic service? Let me tell you something. God can move just as mightily in a morning service as he can in a night service if you'll let him be God. <laughs> My Lord, quit trying to box me into your little old mold of thinking. Don't you know preacher Sunday nights for shouting? Don't you know the night service is for evangelism? Don't you know at night is when it's supposed to take place? Yeah, it's supposed to take place at night. But it's supposed to take place in daytime too. My Lord. Mm -hmm, I feel something. <laughs> <laughs> Just lift your hands and praise him. I feel the glory filling the house of the Lord. Go ahead, love him. Love him. Love him. Come on, let's worship him another minute or two. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Pray, church. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. My Lord, that man can get the Holy Ghost right now. I said that man can get the Holy Ghost right now. 
today, church. The Holy Ghost is all over him right now. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. 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 And while they prayed, the place wherein they were assembled was shaken. And while they prayed, the place wherein they were assembled was shaken. And while they prayed, the place wherein they were assembled was shaken. And while they prayed, the place wherein they were assembled was shaken. And while they prayed, the place wherein they were assembled was shaken. Pray, 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 pray. When the Spirit of the Lord begins to move, that's the time to move with Him. I said, when the Spirit of the Lord begins to move, that's the time to move with Him. My Lord. Come on, let's everybody pray right now. God, fill this man with the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray. Let's pray, God, fill him with the Holy Ghost right now. Right now. Right now. Hallelujah. You hear this preacher? There's some of you that's got needs that need to be met. You can get them met right now. I said there's some of you that have needs that need to be met. You can get them met right now. There's some of you that need something from God right now. Some of you brethren, lay hands on him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When God gets ready to move. I said, when God gets ready to move. When God gets ready to move. Who can stop him? 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 Oh. Hallelujah. Come on, we always got time for somebody to get the Holy Ghost. We've always got time to pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. We've always got time for somebody to get their need met. 
worship him. If everybody would quit looking and everybody quit watching and everybody start worshiping God, the Holy Ghost would just take over. The Holy Ghost just take over. The Holy Ghost would just take over. need to get an intercession today. God has taken time out of His busy schedule to visit us in Kamiya. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, I, I, I have something to say to you. First of all, I want to thank God for the mighty God that He is. Maybe, maybe, maybe each and every one of you know what I'm fixing to say. I pray to God that you do. But I didn't realize until last night what faith, the word faith, means. I've been trying to live for God for about 13 years now. I thought I knew, I, I thought I had the faith that was required. But folks, all I had was the belief. I believed in God. I told Brother Davis, uh, uh, Brother Kelly last night that I don't think anybody in the world believed in God any more than I do. Well, friend, the devil believes in God. He's not going to heaven. He's not going to heaven. He's going to hell. You can believe all you want to, but I, I, did, I, I just didn't realize what the faith was. The faith... I don't know how to say what I want to say. But I always thought that God, when God got ready, that he was going to give me the Holy Spirit, and I believe that. 
Well, God is always ready to give you the Holy Spirit. I, I realized that last night. If you, if it takes the faith, but if God can't give you the faith, you have to have that yourself. You have to realize what it is, and I hope that all of you do. But in case any of you don't, God wants to give you the Holy Spirit. He will give you the Holy Spirit if you'll let him, but you have to have that faith that he's going to do it whenever you will let him. And I have prayed, I have done, I, my, my, my pastor here, Brother Kessler, can tell you that I have prayed, I've done everything in the world that I thought was required to get the Holy Spirit. But you just have to believe that God will give you the Holy Spirit when you will accept it. It's yeah. like a gift. You've got to reach that's out right. and take it. That's, that's, so I thank God and I thank all of you. And I don't want to take up no more of your time. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! This young man here just talking in tongues like a Chinaman over there. I said, this young man just talking in tongues like a Chinaman over there. Hallelujah! 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 My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Praise God, praise God. Let's just worship him for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, hallelujah. 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 Come on. Let's thank God for filling people with the Holy Ghost today. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Everybody just close your eyes. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah! That's why God's pouring out the Holy Ghost. He inhabits the praise of His people. He inhabits the praise of His people. He inhabits the praise of His people. Yeah. Let me tell you folks something. When the Spirit of the Lord is moving, and you don't move with Him, you're not going to get anything. And you can sit in your seat, and Jesus said, I've come to set the captives free. And sometimes the devil makes captive God's own people by their fears and their doubt. And if you're going to worry about what people think of you and how you're going to look, then you're going to miss the boat entirely. I know a little while ago I got up. I just felt impressed and I began to run. 
And I got just about back to where the brother is back there, and I went flat on my face. I don't know what I thought. Maybe I thought I'm going to break every bone in my neck. I don't know. But I went flat on my face, and I could almost hear the devil say, Yeah, what are they going to think of you? They, you thought you was in the spirit. And I said, I don't care. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to do it again. Amen. Jesus came to set the captives free. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, there's glory in this place today. My. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Where are the musicians at? We got any musicians? Hallelujah. Well, everybody's on their edge right now. Everybody's on edge right now. At least most of us are on edge right now. There is still expectancy in the air. I said there's still expectancy in the air. Hallelujah. Our services don't have to be orthodox. Our services don't have to be programmed. Our services don't have to be scheduled. See, our God is sovereign. And any time He gets ready to, He can come up in our midst and begin to work, begin to move, begin to feel, begin to heal, begin to do whatever it is that we have need of. My God, 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 my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Let me ask you, is there anybody else in here who needs the Holy Ghost today? We're going to give you one last chance if you need the Holy Ghost. If you need the Holy Ghost, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. The greatest miracle that can ever happen is for somebody to be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
there's nobody else that needs the Holy Ghost today, then I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to find somebody to pray with. We're just going to go ahead and have an apostolic explosion. I walked over to Brother Picklesheim a while ago. I said, you think I ought to go ahead and just turn them loose or, or go ahead and preach? He said, oh, just do what you feel. But I've got enough sense to know, and I've been in this thing long enough to know. We can get the other half of this some other time. Matter of fact, we can get the other two-thirds of it some other time. Hallelujah. But I tell you what, God is wanting to encourage. I said, God is wanting to encourage some people in here. Now, you hear me. You need encouragement. The Bible said the joy of the Lord is your strength. And with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Now, there's about two-thirds of us today, or maybe three-fourths, at least. I'd say at least that many that have gotten right up in the middle of what God's doing. But I'll tell you what I want us to do so that we don't, so that we don't point our finger at whoever it is that's in the other fourth. You know what I'm saying? So that we don't incriminate them. So that we don't indict them openly. I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to find somebody. Maybe two or three or four of you men get together. Several of you sisters get together. Get out of that pew. Find room out in the aisle, in the back, in the front. And let's worship the almighty God for a few minutes here. I said let's worship the almighty God for a few minutes here. Find somebody. Find somebody. Find somebody. Find somebody. Church, there's another one wants the Holy Ghost. There's another one wants the Holy Ghost right now.
in this place right now there's victory in this place right now there's victory in this place right now there's victory in this place right now
Oh, God's got an army marching through the land, singing them 